Act Five of King Lear. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. King Lear by William Shakespeare, Act Five. Scene One, the camp of the British forces near Dover. Enter with drum and colours, Edmund, Regan, officers, soldiers, and others. To an officer, Know of the Duke if his last purpose hold, or whether since he is advised by aught to change the course. To Regan, He's full of alteration and self-reproving. To an officer, Bring his constant pleasure. Exit officer. Our sister's mind is certainly miscarried. Tis to be doubted, madam. Now, sweet lord, you know the goodness I intend upon you. Tell me, but truly, but then speak the truth. Do you not love my sister? In honoured love. But have you never found my brother's way to be the forfended place? That thought abuses you. I am doubtful that you have been conjunct and bosomed with her, as far as we call hers. No, by mine honour, madam. I never shall endure her, dear my lord, be not familiar with her. Fear me not, she and the duke her husband. Enter with drum and colours, Albany, Goneril, and soldiers. I had rather lose the battle than that sister should loosen him and me. Our very loving sister, well bemet. Sir, this I heard. The king is come to his daughter, with others whom the rigour of our state forced to cry out. Where I could not be honest, I never yet was valiant. For this business it toucheth us, as France invades our land, not bolts the king with others whom, I fear, most just and heavy causes make oppose. Sir, you speak nobly. Why is this reasoned? Combine together against the enemy, for these domestic and particular broils are not the question here. Let's, then, determine with the ancient of war on our proceeding. I shall attend you presently at your tent. Sister, you'll go with us? No. Tis most convenient. Pray you, go with us. Oh, ho, I know the riddle. I will go. Exeunt both the armies. As Albany is going out, enter Edgar. If e'er your grace had speech with man so poor, hear me one word. To his captains. I'll overtake you. To Edgar. Speak. Before you fight the battle, ope this letter. If you have victory, let the trumpet sound for him that brought it. Wretched though I seem, I can produce a champion that will prove what is avouched there. If you miscarry, your business of the world hath so an end, and machination ceases. Fortune love you. Stay till I have read the letter. I was forbid it. When time shall serve, let but the herald cry, and I'll appear again. Exit. Why, fare thee well. I will o'erlook thy paper. Enter Edmund. The enemy's in view. Draw up your powers. Here is the guess of their true strength and forces by diligent discovery. But your haste is now urged on you. We will greet the time. Exit. To both these sisters have I sworn my love. 
each jealous of the other, as the stung are of the adder. Which of them shall I take? Both? Hmm. One? Or neither? Neither can be enjoyed if both remain alive. To take the widow exasperates, makes matters sister Goneril. And hardly shall I carry out my side, her husband being alive. Now then, we'll use his countenance for the battle, which, being done, let her who would be rid of him devise his speedy taking off. As for the mercy which he intends to leer unto Cordelia, the battle done, and they within our power shall never see his pardon. For my state stands on me to defend, not to debate. Exit. Scene two. A field between the two camps. Alarum within. Enter, with drum and colours, Lear, Cordelia holding his hand, and soldiers, over the stage, and exeunt. Enter Edgar and Gloucester. Here, father, take the shadow of this tree for your good host. Pray that the right may thrive. If ever I return to you again, I'll bring you comfort. Grace go with you, sir. Exit Edgar. Alarum and retreat within. Enter Edgar. Away, old man, give me thy hand away. King Lear hath lost, he and his daughter ta'en. Give me thy hand, come on. No further, sir. A man may rot even here. What, in ill thoughts again? Men must endure their going hence, even as their coming hither. Ripeness is all. Come on. And that's true, too. Exeunt. Scene three, the British camp near Dover. Enter in conquest with drum and colours, Edmund. Lear and Cordelia as prisoners, officers, soldiers, etc. Some officers take them away. Good guard until their greater pleasures first be known that are to censor them. We are not the first who with best meaning have incurred the worst. For thee, oppressed king, I am cast down. Myself could else outfrown false fortune's frown. To Edmund. Shall we not see these daughters and these sisters? No, 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 no. Come, let's away to prison. We two alone will sing like birds i' the cage. When thou dost ask me blessing, I'll kneel down and ask of thee forgiveness. So we'll live and pray and sing and tell old tales and laugh at gilded butterflies and hear poor rogues talk of court news and we'll talk with them too who loses and who wins who's in who's out and take upon the mystery of things as if we were god's spies and we'll wear out in a walled prison packs and sects of great ones that ebb and flow by the moon take them away Upon such sacrifices, my Cordelia, the gods themselves throw incense. Have I caught thee? He embraces her. He that parts us shall bring a brand from heaven, and fire us hence like foxes. Wipe thine eyes, the good years shall devour them, flesh and fell, 
Ere they shall make us weep, we'll see em starve first. Come. Exeunt Lear and Cordelia, guarded. Come hither, Captain. Hark. Take thou this note. Go follow them to prison. One step I have advanced thee. If thou dost, as this instructs thee, thou dost make thy way to noble fortunes. Know thou this, that men are as the time is. To be tender-minded does not become a sword. Thy great employment will not bear question. Either say thou do't, or thrive by other means. I'll do it, my lord. About it. And write happy when thou hast done. Mark, I say instantly, and carry it so, as I have set it down. I cannot draw a cart, nor eat dried oats. If it be man's work, I'll do it. Exit. Flourish. Enter Albany, Goneril, Regan, and officers. Sir, you have showed to-day your valiant strain, and fortune led you well. You have the captives who were the opposites of this day's strife. We do require them of you, so to use them as we shall find their merits, and our safety may equally determine. Sir, I thought it fit to send the old and miserable king to some retention and appointed guard, whose age has charms in it with title more, to pluck the common bosom on his side, and turn our impressed lances in our eyes which do command them. With him I sent the queen, my reason all the same, and they are ready to-morrow, or at further space, to appear where you shall hold your session. At this time we sweat and bleed. The friend hath lost his friend, and the best quarrels in the heat are cursed by those that feel their sharpness. The question of Cordelia and her father requires a fitter place. Sir, by your patience, I hold you but a subject of this war, not as a brother. That's as we list to grace him. Methinks our pleasure might have been demanded, ere you had spoke so far. He led our powers, bore the commission of my place and person, the which immediacy may well stand up and call itself your brother. Not so hot. In his own grace he doth exalt himself more than in your addition. In my rights, by me invested, he compares the best. Well, that were the most, if he should husband you. Jesters do oft prove prophets. Holla, holla, that eye that told you so looked but a squint. Lady, I am not well, else I should answer from a full-flowing stomach. To Edmund. General, take thou my soldiers, prisoners, patrimony. Dispose of them, of me. The walls are thine, witness the world, that I create thee here, my lord and master. Mean you to enjoy him? The let alone lies not in your good will. Nor in thine, lord. Half-blooded fellow, yes. To Edmund. Let the drums strike, and prove my title thine. Stay yet, hear reason. Edmund, I arrest thee on capital treason, and in thine arrest, this gilded serpent. He points to Goneril. For your claim, fair sister, I bar it in the interest of my wife. "'Tis she is subcontracted to this lord, and I, her husband, contradict your bans. "'If you will marry, make your loves to me, 
My lady is bespoke. An interlude. Thou art armed, Gloucester. Let the trumpet sound. If none appear to prove upon thy person, thy heinous, manifest, and many treasons, there is my pledge. He throws down his glove. I'll prove it on thy heart, ere I taste bread. Thou art in nothing less than I have here proclaimed thee. Sick, oh, sick. If not, I'll ne'er trust medicine. There's my exchange. Throwing down his glove. What in the world he is that names me traitor? Villain-like he lies. Call by thy trumpet. He that dares approach on him, on you who not, I will maintain my truth and honor firmly. A herald, ho! Enter a herald. Trust to thy single virtue, for thy soldiers all levied in my name have in my name took their discharge. My sickness grows upon me. She is not well. Convey her to my tent. Exit Regan, supported. A herald! Ho, a herald! A trumpet sounds. If any man of quality or degree within the lists of the army will maintain upon Edmund, supposed Earl of Gloucester, that he is a manifold traitor, let him appear by the third sound of the trumpet. He is bold in his defence. First trumpet. Again. Second trumpet. Again. Third trumpet. Trumpet answers within. Enter Edgar armed, a trumpet before him. Ask him his purposes, why he appears upon this call the trumpet. What are you? Your name, your quality, and why you answer this present summons? No, my name is lost. By treason's tooth bear, gnawn and canker bit. Yet am I noble as the adversary I come to cope. Which is that adversary? What's he that speaks for Edmund, Earl of Gloucester? Himself. What sayest thou to him? Draw thy sword. That, if my speech offend a noble heart, thy arm may do thee justice. Here is mine. He draws his sword. Behold, it is the privilege of mine honours, my oath and my profession. I protest, maugre thy strength, youth, place, and eminence. Despite thy victor sword and fire new fortune, thy valour and thy heart, thou art a traitor, false to thy gods, thy brother, and thy father. Conspirant against this high, illustrious prince, and from the extremest upward of thy head to the descent and dust beneath thy foot, a most toad-spotted traitor. Say thou no, this sword, this arm, and my best spirits are bent to prove upon my heart whereto I speak, thou liest. In wisdom I should ask thy name, but since thy outside looks so fair and warlike, and that thy tongue some say of breeding breathes, what safe and nicely I might well delay by rule of knighthood, I disdain and spurn. Back do I toss those treasons to thy head, with the hell-hated lie o'erwhelm thy heart, which, for they yet glance by and scarcely bruise, this sword of mine shall give them instant way, where they shall rest for ever. Trumpets, speak! Alarums, fights, Edmund falls. To Edgar, about to kill Edmund. Save him! Save him! This is mere practice, Gloucester. 
By the law of arms thou wast not bound to answer an unknown opposite. Thou art not vanquished, but cozened and beguiled. Shut your mouth, dame, or with this paper I shall stop it. Hold, sir. To Goneril. Thou, worse than any name, read thine own evil. No tearing, lady, I perceive you know it. Say if I do. The laws are mine, not thine. Who can arraign me for it? Most monstrous. Know'st thou this paper? Ask me not what I know. Exit Goneril. Go after her. She's desperate. Govern her. Exit officer. What you have charged me with that have I done, and more, much more. The time will bring it out. Tis past, and so am I. But what art thou that hast this fortune on me? If thou art noble, I do forgive thee. Let's exchange charity. I am no less in blood than thou art, Edmund. If more, the more thou hast wronged me. My name is Edgar, and thy father's son. The gods are just, and of our pleasant vices make instruments to plague us. The dark and vicious place where thee he got cost him his eyes. Thou hast spoken right, tis true. The wheel is come full circle. I am here. Methought thy very gate did prophesy a royal nobleness. I must embrace thee. Let sorrow split my heart if ever I did hate thee or thy father. Worthy prince, I note. Where have you hid yourself? How have you known the miseries of your father? By nursing them, my lord. List a brief tale. And when tis told, oh, that my heart would burst. The bloody proclamation to escape that followed me so near. Oh, our life's sweetness. That with the pain of death we'd hourly die rather than die at once, taught me to shift into a madman's rags, to assume a semblance that very dogs disdained, and in this habit met I my father with his bleeding rings. Their precious stones new lost, became his guide, led him, begged for him, saved him from despair, never, oh, fault, revealed myself unto him until some half-hour passed when I was armed. Not sure, though hoping of this good success. I asked his blessing, and from first to last told him my pilgrimage. But his flawed heart, alack, too weak the conflict to support, to ex two extremes of passion, joy and grief, burst smilingly. This speech of yours hath moved me, and shall perchance do good. But speak you on. You look as you had something more to say. If there be more, more woeful, hold it in, for I am almost ready to dissolve hearing of this. This would have seemed a period to such as love, not sorrow, but another, to amplify too much, would make much more, and top extremity. Whilst I was big in clamour, came there a man who, having seen me in my worst estate, shunned my abhorred society. But then... Finding who twas that so endured with his strong arms, he fastened on my neck, and bellowed out as he'd burst heaven, threw him on my father, told the most piteous tale of Lear and him that ever ear received, which in recounting his grief grew puissant, and the strings of life began to crack. Twice then the trumpet sounded, and there I left him tranced. But who was this? Kent, sir. The banished Kent, who in disguise followed his enemy king and did him service improper for a slave. 
Enter a gentleman with a bloody knife. Help! Help! Oh, help! What kind of help? Speak, man. What means that bloody knife? Tis hot. It smokes. It came even from the heart of... Oh, she's dead. Who dead? Speak, man. Your lady, sir, your lady. And her sister by her is poisoned. She hath confessed it. I was contracted to them both. All three now marry in an instant. Here comes Kent. Enter Kent. Produce their bodies, be they alive or dead. This judgment of the heaven that makes us tremble touches us not with pity. Exit, gentlemen. I am come to bid my king and master I good night. Is he not here? Great thing of us forgot. Speak, Edmund, where's the king? And where's Cordelia? Goneril's and Regan's bodies are brought out. Lack! Why thus? Yet Edmund was beloved. The one the other poisoned for my sake, and after slew herself. Even so, cover their faces. I pant for life. Some good I mean to do. Despite of mine own nature, quickly send, be brief in it, to the castle. For my writ is on the life of Lear, and on Cordelia. Nay, send in time. Run, run, O oh, run. To who, my lord? Who has the office? Send thy token of reprieve. Well thought on. To an officer. Take my sword, give it to the captain. Haste thee for thy life. Exit officer. He hath commissioned from thy wife and me to hang Cordelia in the prison, and to lay the blame upon her own despair that she fordid herself. The gods defend her. Bear him hence a while. Edmund is borne off. Enter Lear with Cordelia in his arms, followed by the officer and others. Howl, 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 howl! Oh, you are men of stone! Had I your tongues and eyes, I'd use them so that heaven's vault should crack. She's gone for ever. I know when one is dead and when one lives. She's dead as earth. Lend me a looking-glass. If that her breath will mist or stain the stone, why, then she lives. Is this the promised end? Or image of that horror? Fall and cease. This feather stirs, she lives. If it be so, it is a chance which does redeem all sorrows that ever I have felt. Oh, my good master. Prithee away. Tis noble Kent, your friend. A plague upon you, murderers, traitors all. I might have saved her. Now she's gone for ever. Cordelia, Cordelia, stay a little. Ah, what is thou sayest? Her voice was ever soft, gentle, and low, an excellent thing in woman. I killed the slave that was a-hanging thee. Did I not, fellow? I have seen the day with my good biting falchion that I would have made them skip. I am old now, and these same crosses spoil me. Who are you? Mine eyes are not the best. I'll tell you straight. If fortune brag of two she loved and hated, one of them we behold. This is a dull sight. Are you not Kent? The same. Your servant Kent. Where is your servant Caius? He's a good fellow, I can tell you that. He'll strike, and quickly too. He's dead and rotten. No, my good lord. I am the very man. 
I'll see that straight. That from your first of difference and decay have followed your sad steps. You are welcome hither. Nor no man else. All's cheerless, dark and deadly. Your eldest daughters have fordone themselves, and desperately are dead. Ay, so I think. He knows not what he says, and vain is it that we present us to him. Very bootless. Enter a messenger. Edmund is dead, my lord. That's but a trifle here. You lords and noble friends know our intent. What comfort to this great decay may come shall be applied. For us we will resign, during the life of this old majesty, to him our absolute power. To Edgar and Kent. To you your rights. With boot and such addition as your honours have more than merited, all friends shall taste the wages of their virtue, and all foes the cup of their deservings. Oh, see, see! And my poor fool is hanged. No, no, no life. Why should a dog, a horse, a rat have life, and thou no breath at all? Thou'll come no more, never. Never, never, never. Pray you undo this button. Thank you, sir. Do you see this? Look on her, look, her lips. Look there, look there. He dies. He faints, my lord, my lord. Break, heart, I prithee break. Look up, my lord. Vex not his ghost. Oh, let him pass. He hates him that would upon the wreck of this rough world stretch him out longer. He is gone indeed. The wonder is he hath endured so long. He but usurped his life. Bear them from hence. Our present business is general woe. To Kent and Edgar. Friends of my soul, you twain rule this realm, and the gored state sustain. I have a journey, sir, shortly to go. My master calls me. I must not say no. The weight of this sad, sad time we must obey. Speak what we feel, not what we ought to say. The oldest have borne most. We that are young shall never see so much, nor live so long. Exeunt with a dead march. End of King Lear by William Shakespeare. Your cast have been Andy Minter as Lear, King of Britain, Ezwa as the King of France. Justin Barrett as the Duke of Burgundy, the Messenger and the Captain, Corey Samuel as the Duke of Cornwall, Christin Lemoyne as the Duke of Albany, Denny Sayers as the Earl of Kent, Julian Jameson as the Earl of Gloucester, Simon Taylor as Edgar, John Gonzalez as Edmund, Karen Savage as Corran, Carl Manchester as the old man, Scott Walter 
as the physician, Sean McGahey as the fool, Andrew Lebrun as Oswald, Henry Fregon as the officer, Kara Schallenberg as the gentleman, Gazina as the herald, Ophelia Darcy as the first servant, Esther as the second servant, Kirsten Ferreri as the third servant and the knight, Laura Barnes as a messenger. Goneril was played by Rosalind Wills, Regan by Gemma Blythe, and Cordelia by Christian Hughes. Stage directions and production by David Barnes.